Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Will Leverson, and this is Sports Spot Weekly. This week's episode, The Relics in Time. In the aftermath of Lamar Jackson's injury to his uh, PCL, uh, many wondered uh, from this point on what would be uh, Lamar Jackson's future. That is when the injury happened. Uh, We were wondering how soon could it be before Lamar could come back? Would he be back before the playoffs? Would it would the would the injury require uh, some extended time away? What are the Ravens' plans here? And in some of the subsequent weeks, there were interviews done in the aftermath of games where it was alluded to that at least the coach uh, there, John Harbaugh, that his um, uh, I'm sorry, Jim Harbaugh, that his um, focus was on the players who are there and available. Um, of course, those of us who were just sort of looking at the uh, immediate sort of response to it, it still doesn't allude to any uh, any any conflicts and anything with any contractual stuff. It really sounded like a coach that was focusing on players that were available, um, otherwise on the sheet without injury, who they're carrying into the game. That's really what it sounded like uh, here to me. Uh, here and to many uh, people there. Uh, and even at this point uh, that we are now at these discussions from uh, when we talk about relics in time, uh, coaches such as Sean Payton and even players such as uh, the incomparable Michael Vick, uh, anyone can be um, wrong about something, about a response. And I shouldn't say wrong. That's the wrong way to approach uh, the subject matter here, especially when we're talking about People and personalities who are in football um, are, are, are still um, quite titanic, quite large um, in, the, in the bigness of what it means to be Michael Vick and have cachet or, of course, be Sean Payton coach and have cachet uh, in enough to where your opinion um, is going to carry with it a, either a great degree of, of, of weight to it, uh, whether that be uh, something that is perceived as being uh, of a uh, prevailing thought. Like, for example, Sean Payton says, well, you know, it, it appears that a lot of injuries are happening to players because there's less contact in practices and things. You grow the conversation out from there, you hear, you know, some sports um, uh, uh or athletic trainers and such kind of allude to that and, or where they're trying to have a healthy balance to make sure. And so um, when people have exposure and, and, and of, or of course have authority in an area, uh, what they're going to say is going to matter, man, whether we like it or not. That's the best way to sort of put that. And when we're at this point where we're talking about an injury to a player in a space where we all – those of us who are fans of American professional sports or, or at least the National Football League who are watching the uh, Bengals and Bills game uh, where uh, DeMar Hamlin unfortunately suffered a cardiac episode on the field and was unresponsive and, and, and had um, the, the um, trajectory from there in his recovery and such to where he may be available enough after his cardiac event 
um, there uh, where he was unresponsive to actually attend his team's upcoming game, which, of course, uh, is is a is at still some personal risk because you have to you know there there might be uh, a plane rides or something like that so you know there's still a risk that he's posing in the aftermath of his event um, to where you have to admire that uh, uh, in someone he's not playing he's not trying to make it into a practice after having his cardiac event but he is trying to make himself available for his team as best as he can and you can only admire that. That's not what Lamar Jackson is having to deal with. He, and at this point, once again, as, as being the host of a, of a sports show and having the background that I do, I understand, you know, the sort of, 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 of thought that, hey, if you're available, you know, you get out there and you grind it out. I, I think a great deal of us, people of a certain age, are able to appreciate uh, in, in varying degrees, whether it be uh, something where you appreciate because we've seen it be successful or something we just know that's a part of, of many success stories where, you know, when you're facing adversity, injury, and you're able to drive yourself through and, and have some sort of success, whatever that may be, whether that be the winning of a game, attaining of a championship, there's many stories that are like that. There are also great stories in the storiedness of sports and all of Athletics, where we have uh, someone that does have what seems to be an injury that, while not as severe as others, um, where there may be some ability for them to still perform, maybe not at a high level, but they can still perform maybe enough to where they can be a difference maker. And then from that said injury, uh, the severity increases, and then there's far more lost time out of the game than it would have been if we would have just maybe had more attention to the injury instead of trying to power through it. The most famous examples in recent times are both Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, respectively, where they were not available for their ball clubs, for their teams, for many months, at least a season they're not available. And, and when you are in a sport where everything is going to get fast around you as the years progress, one year for us may seem insignificant to someone else. It could be the championship attainment window. Could be that one year that they were out, if they were able to carry over some of their ability possibly could have been more of a difference maker as opposed to being out and having to play yourself in the shape of things. So there are just things that happen in the aftermath of injury that we as a consumer base, uh, whether that be that you're uh, sort of a, a in, in the supply chain of, of, of this as a business segment, whether you're a producer, whether you mean, you know, you're an, an analyst, a commentator, a radio personality, a podcaster like myself, or even one of the former players or current players who have uh, their uh, platform in the media space, whether it be a podcast or such. And so um, whether you be one of those people or someone who's a fan, right? You, you buy merchandise, you watch games, you, that's your ability to express yourself there and your appreciation of sports, right? Like, like that's understandable, 
that we all have this appreciation for wanting to play through things. But we're in a different time now. And that's not to be some sort of tired mantra of trying to overthrow toxic, you know, ways and regime norms and such. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that in the space as a business segment, in the space of the employees of this business entity, a, a NFL sports team, because even though there's 32 uh, NFL teams, they're all in the same business segment. So it's not like even though their front offices may not make the same uh, decisions, by and large, the product that the Miami Dolphins are producing isn't a different product. Uh, it's not like, oh, this, this is bug spray and this is cleaner over here. Nope. It's all bug spray or it's all cleaner, just different cleaners. They smell different. Maybe work a little bit differently, but they're all cleaners. We don't have a difference. It's not like the NFL is some uh, 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 conglomerate of different sports segments. It's not like the NFL also uh, 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 is in control of the NBA. And so one team's product here is, it's, nope, it's all football. <laughs> it's all football. Um, and so when you have uh, you know, something like that, um, and you have a shift, whether that we're able to appreciate a paradigm shift as it pertains to uh, something in your life uh, where uh, you have a, 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 a change from how you used to operate into a whole new way that you operate. You're not just doing this better. You're doing something completely different from what you were doing. And so that thing that's completely different from how things have operated in the past is how we are looking at players in injury and their empowerment to say, hey, I will play, I will make myself available, or hey, I won't. In football, I used, I used Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson because as far as American professional sports, when you talk about something that stopped a championship trajectory at least for a season or so, we can point to the injuries between Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant as having an immediate impact on that. Their impact on being injured and unavailable to their team was far more an impact to the outcome of those finals than the efforts of Kawhi Leonard, uh, Fred Van Vliet um, uh, were, uh, uh, and, and, the, and the rest of the Toronto Raptors were, uh, than that. You know, we, we hate to deal with conjecture in things, or we hate to deal with, you know, these abstracts, right, when it comes down to sports commentary, like, you know, you can't really say if those guys were available, it would have turned out differently. I will just say that it had a, a more of an immediate impact on the way that the, the finals ended than what Kawhi Leonard's efforts were. Far greater of an impact on that. That is what we will leave that um, entry into the argument with. As far as it pertains to Lamar Jackson's injury, man. Baker Mayfield, who was in this gentleman's immediate, his division rival, played as well as we know, played with a nagging injury to his throwing, I believe his shoulder uh, was, was or, or had a torn muscle um, that affected his throwing. And then we said that, well, obviously it affected his play. 
and, and, and that maybe we need to give him, you know, a, a degree of a space to earn, earn his way back. Sometimes when you do that, you start messing with injuries. It starts to throw other things off. Let's go ask Andrew Luck how he feels about trying to play through things. We had an all-time talent say, not anymore. Not because he didn't have any fortitude. He couldn't, he couldn't physically take it anymore. Not because of a lack of willingness to want to play through something. How dare Sean Payton? How dare he? You know what? He's not qualified to be a coach in today's NFL. Great offensive mind. One of the marquee offensive minds. Not as good as Andy Reid, but certainly he's a great offensive mind. I don't let Sean Payton near a football team today. If you want to make some sort of statement, you don't go and get albeit a great relic from the past. Sean Payton won a championship over 10 years ago. So this is not that somebody that won in eight years. Was that 2009? So you're talking about someone who, as far as being keyed in on how things happen now, Offensively, yes, but as far as a manager and personality of men, what Sean Payton just told a locker room, just told an entire locker room of 50, was it 53, 55 people? Screw your injury, you're going to play. I don't want that guy near a team today. Go find yourself some other new offensive mind. You know what's crazy? It's just as good, you know, the Rock's entry, man, into family-themed uh, uh, entertainment with the Two Fairy movie. I'm not sure if many of us who weren't just appreciating the sort of family nature, lighthearted nature of the movie and seeing The Rock in a role like that. Man, The Rock really said something as far as what his driving motivation was, as far as him being the, 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 the hockey player, you know, that, that ended up becoming the Two Fairy and such was that there's always somebody younger than you. Not only are they younger than you, they're smarter than you, they're faster than you, they're stronger than you. And then one day that person's going to catch up to you. And then you know what's going to happen? They're going to end up replacing you. Guess what? Sean Payton is right now, he's you know, a great offensive mind. But you know what? There's going to be some, there's somebody yet that's younger than Sean Payton. Somebody that's smarter than Sean Payton. Somebody that makes better adjustments than Sean Payton. And that person's going to come up, man, one day and be available. I'm not saying that that person is, you got, you got Sean Payton. Who else you got? Well, you got Sean McVay. Maybe he doesn't want to coach. Maybe he doesn't. You got Cliff Kingsbury. You also have other minds around the league. When we talk about Rooney rules and such, this is why these things are important. Because there are other minds that you can feel from, or you can stay with what you have. Those are your options. But I'm talking about today, not trying to win a championship when Drew Brees is a quarterback. I'm saying win a championship now in a league now where these players are playing differently now. 
not 10 years ago, not based off of some. Andy Reid is still coaching. Andy Reid has won a championship within 10 years. Andy Reid has a right to say things like, hey, Andy Reid, how do you feel about it? Not some relic from the past who's bringing that thought into a locker room today, years after he's won a championship. Not just, well, he's only been removed the fourth. Can you go find me the locker room that wasn't, didn't have a little bit extra motivation? Just grow that conversation off. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. Look, go find the Saints team that achieved in the playoffs more than a Saints team that had a little bit of extra motivation when it was trying to uh, uh, be the most aggressive defense version of itself. It could be just leave the conversation there. If you can find the Saints team that beat any of the Seahawks teams in the playoffs, if you can find the Saints team that beat the Eagles in the playoffs, playing for the same coach with the same offensive mind with with, with assets like Alvin Kamara and such. Oh, Jameis Winston threw a wreck. <laughs> That's great that Jameis Winston threw a lot of touchdowns and a lot of interceptions in a league where you can't really treat receivers like that no more. Yes, you are correct that Sean Payton was the coach while Jameis put up the greatest numbers of his career. Yeah, you're right. But if you're saying, hey, Sean Payton, can you do something with the charters that you yourself haven't proven you can do when other some of your other peers are still winning championships? So far be it beyond me to be the person that says with that attitude, Sean Payton can't not coach in the league today. Go find me the John Gruden situation where that worked out. Well, guess what? You know what's crazy about Sean Payton? You know, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's like one of those, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, how we have the, the the stats and things. Here's a crazy stat. You know how many super, you know how many Super Bowls John Gruden and Sean Payton have in common? One, and it was both with the NFC South teams. John Gruden got back into the coaching game and eh, had some eh. Again, what what is eh? Success-ish. Under Derek Carr's ability, success-ish. And then we have the other side to coaches like John Gruden who men of a certain age who have certain expressions and feel like they should be able to say what they want to say because of who they are. No, you cannot refer to somebody as big lips, John Gruden. John Gruden's not in the league no more now, is he? Well, that's, you know, he's, that's, you know, bigoted language. I'm talking about thoughts and so a man thinks he does is not just a dogmatic principle. What Sean Payton just told you is how he's going to treat a team, how he would treat a situation like Lamar Jackson. And you cannot let that coach a team in the league today. We are not, once again, if this was Andy Reid and we're trying to figure out what did Andy Reid want to go do, I would call Andy Reid before I call Sean Payton. I would call Sean McVay before I call Sean Payton. I would get on the phone with Kyle Shanahan and try to figure out, Kyle, do you want to still coach San Francisco? You might want to come across, you know, come down to coach the Chargers. Somehow lure one of them guys away. 
if that's what you're going to go for, trying to get an offensive mind. Sean Payton is great for interviews and insights into the psyche of decision-making and, and game management. That's what he's good for right now in the interim, like what his best ability to do um, and lend, lend some credit to the uh, NFL football sphere. Because I'm telling you, Sean Payton, take that attitude into a locker room. It's going to look like every little bit of, oh, did the, did, were the Raiders good under John Gruden? Did they have success? I don't know. Let's take a look at, at how the team is going to do in the, in, in the aftermath. You know, is it getting better? Is it more about the same? <laughs> you know, if, if so, then, you know, what, what, was, what was the best decision that we made? Was it to get somebody that we ended up having to get away with, get, get rid of because of their antiquated thought? You know, like, I know that he wasn't the only one that offered an opinion here, but I'm talking about someone who we are looking at in a, in a front office capacity. Once again, I put on my business hat, dude, when I do this stuff here. It's not from some, like, uh, weird fan sort of appreciation. This is literally, like, uh, uh, taking a look at decision-making, and then we'll try to figure out why didn't something work, Okay. So this is a this this is a hiring decision, right? Hey, who do we hire to coach a team in 2023? And my choices are I have someone that is maybe maybe he still wants to coach, maybe doesn't, he's taking some time away from the game. I've got that. They've got somebody that was kind of unceremoniously let go. I mean, Lovey Smith unceremoniously let go from Houston. Okay. Um here's or I have a coach that just said, damn the torp, damn your injury, full speed ahead. <laughs> Those are my choices immediately of who I potentially got to go and lead a team like the Chargers. Not to mention, and I'm not saying that Denver has to do this. Hey, go pair Sean Payton with Russell Wilson. Actually, that may be the best fit, especially if, if Russ, as he has been touted, amongst the player space of not being someone that has that sort of personality. And even when you grow the conversation out from there, Russ is looking for a situation that he can latch on to that coach so that coach can, um, in the space of game management and decision-making, take the accountability away from Russ's, Russ and his play. And so in, in the mind of letting Russ cook in his own psyche, Having Sean Payton, having any coach where decision-making and things, you don't have to look at Russ so much where, you, where Russ can say, oh, I just felt like it was a good game. And then, you know, like Russ needs a Pete Carroll. Russ needs a Sean Payton. That would be a good fit. I'm not saying in the locker room outside of Russ, but if you're the Denver Broncos, okay, I cannot say for the L.A. Chargers. I don't think personality-wise, it would match up with what that team needs, to be honest with you. Don't think it, it's one of those things Sean Payton goes and coaches the team. They win a game in the playoffs, and then they're out. Next game, they're out. Oh, well, you know, it was a, you know, they won a playoff game. They got Justin Herbert playoff game. And then next year, the same thing, Manny. They get a game away from the from, from, from the from the championship and lose.
They might make it in as a wild card again. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this, and it's not bravado-based, okay? Sean Payton do not want to go coach in the same division as Andy Reid because then he would have to out-coach somebody that has outperformed him in championship attainment. It ain't just about having Patrick Mahomes like, oh, but he got Patrick Mahomes. Did you see the talent that was on the Saints when Sean Payton was a coach? Something couldn't push them over the top. It's not just draft picks, okay? There may be a lot of people that don't want to say it, but by the time Sean Payton was done, his offensive approach was tired, and there were others that were more updated and more robust that you can see the firepower, and it certainly wasn't because of the receivers on the team. Can't put none of those last three years' worth of Saints teams on the back of an an aging Marcus Colston, now can you? You can't do that. Many of the pieces um, that were on the Saints have moved around and have had, you know, varying degrees of success. So I cannot tell you, oh, it was the system that led to uh, 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 Alvin Kamara being being some 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 hallmark back. Like like I can't say that. Uh, this is one of those things where. Um, you have to look at it. Sean Payton is not going to, as attractive as a job is. When I say fit, oh, so well, Will, if he coaches at Denver, still be in the same division. At that point, we're saying what someone is just sort of willing to do. I don't believe that in Sean Payton's mind, he believes that if he goes to go coach in the AFC West, that he can that he has the rosters and or teams. The Denver Denver job looks attractive for the defense and to be paired with Russ. But Sean Payton, would he does he look at Russ as being a quarterback that he can win with? Or would he look at the situation as being a situation where he can get back into coaching? And then feel like maybe he can coach himself into uh, being able to. But at that point, once again, you're still, what I'm saying is, does Sean Payton take a job in Denver only looking at maybe a couple years anyway? Just to see if he can coach himself into the league and then maybe even see if if the situation uh, gets different in, in Arrowhead. You know, I think Sean Payton's decision to come to the AFC West is all depending on what the outlook is for Andy Reid uh, there as being the coach of the Chiefs. Because I think if you say, hey, in the next four years, Andy Reid probably isn't going to be the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. I am coming into the division to coach a team against him. If I'm looking at the situation and I'm saying if I can replace Staley in L.A., I would do that because then it just sort of gives me one coach that I'm really coaching against. I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I don't fear the Raiders with Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady at quarterback with Devontae Adams and Brandon Jacobs. I don't fear them if I am a team like Kansas City. I don't even fear them if I'm a team like Denver, because I have the belief that I'll be able to play better than at least the, Char- at least the Raiders. 
which then leads us to the Chargers. If Staley stays, he can at least coach a team that can beat you if you're in that division. Enough to where they can also, along with the, the best team in the division, make it to the playoffs. Be a threat. Denver is an outside threat. L.A. is a upcomings in the division. So either that division is crowded with potentials for eight and set eight and nine seasons left and right. Like like either that's a, either there's a contention for that or you're really saying that you believe in the division where you have where you have the one of the better teams in the entire conference and in all of football. And then you have a talented and capable team just a decision or two away from being able to make a better run. You have a team that can play spoiler to you at being at the bottom of those two teams in a division. So it becomes how markedly better are you than the Raiders? If you're Sean Payton, you want to go to Denver? Or if you're Sean Payton and you go to the Chargers, do I believe I have a team that can compete at the top of the conference with the legend builders, legend building of Joe Burrow? Do I think that I'm better than, do I think I have a better team than Josh Allen's team? Do I think I'm better than Patrick Mahomes? Do I believe that if I come in and coach this roster, that I have the ability to beat out the best team by far in my division and, and one of the top teams in the entire conference? Or do I have the team that I feel that is going to beat a Bengals team or a Bills team? So if you're the coach there in Denver, that's what you think about. But also if you're the coach and you go to San Diego, do I feel like I can do this? I can tell you that the business answer on the business end of like a planning thing and looking at a situation for as real as it is, the answer to that question is no. So what commitment are you making to Sean Payton to come in and coach your team in 2023 and this man is already saying, damn the injuries. I'm not worried about play what, what players who are no longer playing, there is nothing that Michael Vick will be able to do to influence from any other thing other than being a great analyst and the ability to provide insight as a, as a former top NFL quarterback legend hit his own right. Do you know Michael Vick unless he is in the coaching tree of attempting to do that for his professional career? that he don't have the same ability to affect somebody that somebody talking about going back into coaching is going to have on somebody's contract on their career? Great offensive mind. Great ability to provide insight to the game from being a long-tenured coach. But that's where that's, that's where that's at. He can't coach a team now. Where are you going to push Sean Payton? Here, here's a question if I had an ability to field a question of, of the NFL owners. Find a situation 
that you could put Sean Payton into right now where you are convinced that he can coach you to win a championship? The answer is going to be either none, very limited, like he'd have to replace a coach. He'd have to replace Andy Reid. That is the only way that, Sh that Sean Payton will be in a position. And I'm telling you this here now, for real. That is something real. If I were Sean Payton and I was considering trying to get back into the league, the only job that would look attractive for me where I know I can step into that situation and, and, and get a team uh, to, 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 to be winners would be a situation where he replaces Andy Reid in Kansas City. That is the only thing. But if that is not happening within the next two, three years, that's not going to happen. Sean Payton is outside of his ability to be meaningful and impactful as a coach in the league. So what are you really looking for with Sean Payton being your coach? Well, number one, you're looking for name recognition. So you're looking, so well, Sean Payton, maybe you'll get some increased ad revenue uh, because of viewership and such. And your games being, you know, aired in prime time and those sorts of things. That will happen for you if Sean Payton is your coach. So if you are a team that's looking to build some 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 cachet to have some some cap room to make some money. Teams that that would look attractive for. That are actually on the outside of being able to compete with Kansas City, the Bills, <laughs> And the Bengals, okay? And then we'll throw in Sirianni and those Eagles. The only other team that Sean Payton can possibly coach where it's going to be meaningful, where it's going to be fun, must-see TV, would increase the upper line, the bottom line, whatever you want to have it, <laughs> is the money ball playing folks themselves down in Dallas. That is the only true landing spot for Sean Payton for some uh, couple reasons here. We'll get ready to end the show here soon. Number one, because it goes with Jerry Jones and the bigness of his personality and wanting to make a blockbuster splash, something that for him is meaningful because of the nature of having Sean Payton coach your team. So I would uh, here. Here's my cubic zirconia ball of wax here <laughs> when it comes down to uh, some some things to forecast for the NFL. Sean Payton becomes a new coach depending on where Dallas lands this year. If they make a deep run into the playoffs, make it to the Super Bowl, uh, depending on what Mike McCarthy's long term plans are in coaching. That's what's going to dictate the best sort of situation for Sean Payton to go to. It makes sense in Dallas because for a couple of reasons. Let's just say for the sake of argument that Mike McCarthy takes a coach is able to coach Dallas to a Super Bowl. Let's say that Mike McCarthy is kind of done after that. He really, you know, he came and achieved for Jerry and all these things and, 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 and will always love Jerry. Uh, but, you know, he he just really did want to come in and really see, you know, uh, uh, that sort of thing. And that let's just say for the argument, art sake of argument that the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, but Mike McCarthy steps away. Let's just say in some 
fantastical abstract argument that that is something that we can forecast to happen. Just like uh, it's always 50-50 ball, whether it's going to rain or be sunshine. (laughs) Um, That's the same thing we're saying here. So we're playing the odds that if the Cowboys make a deep run into the playoffs, uh, make it to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, and Mike McCarthy steps away. Best pristine situation for Sean Payton to step into as a coach because Dallas will have attained. It will have sated the need for that attainment. And so now the Cowboys can get back to doing what they like to do and just being relevant operators for the NFL consumer base, meaning that they may not have the greatest season, but because they are the Cowboys and have demanded that attention, having Sean Payton just reinforces that when people are no longer looking for the Cowboys to do anything special. Okay, that's 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 abstract, probably won't happen scenario, but if it will happen, it was a great forecast here on the show. That's what we'll call that. The second one is, is that for some odd reason or another, Dallas doesn't make a deep run. And Dallas is demanding that they want to make a big splash, something meaningful that will push that team in the right direction. And while Mike McCarthy was great for the team and everything, uh, we just need something a little bit more for the coach. And so that's why we went out and decided to go get Sean Payton. That's the, only, that's the, other, that's the other best situation for Sean Payton that, that the Cowboys lose in the playoffs and immediately Jerry Jones seeks to realign his team uh, in his mind uh, uh, to, to make a, uh, a bigger splash and to do something more meaningful to get the team over the hump in the postseason so to go get Sean Payton. Then that still works for Sean Payton because it still does the things that the Cowboys need Sean Payton to do. Number one, bring a big-name personality to draw more attention, more ad revenue, more games, uh, that, that are that are in prime time and when people are watching and things like that. And then it also, it, it satisfies, it sates a, what are we going to do to try to make this team as competitive as possible? Well, I know I'll go get the, the, the available bill parcels for my time here. I'm going to go and get Sean Payton. <laughs> and so that satisfies that sort of, well, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get Sean Payton. We're going to coach this team. Because that would make sense for the operation of Dallas. I've just said, don't let him near your locker room. He's got antiquated thinking and that sort of thing. You've got other people that are available. Why don't I get one of those people? Who is he really better than a coach in that is going to come in and then beat any of those other top teams that we're just saying? Because it wasn't like his offensive schemes were so great that dot, 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 that Drew Brees made it to multiple championships, dot, 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 dot. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers have been the same amount of Super Bowls and have won the same amount of Super Bowls. Brett Favre been two Super Bowls, able to compete to get into some other ones a little bit deeper than some other guys have been on that list. Man, oh, save Drew Brees. He did make it to another championship game. But so did Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers 
have the same history that they've lost in their championship games. They've been bounced out of the playoffs. Man, barely made the playoffs some years. So, and that was with Sean Payton being your coach. In an in an in an in an NFC, where <laughs> in the playoffs, another team for the NFC West that Saints just could not seem to beat in any meaningful years since they won their last championship. That other team, other than Seattle, was of course San Francisco. Can you find me the time in the playoffs since Sean Payton? Had coached in the championship, meaningful championship, with a little bit of a once again a, a a a motivated defense. Can you find the time that he beat San Francisco in playoffs? Well, the Kaepernick played well, and yeah, uh, beast mode and and rushing, yeah. <laughs> you know who's not in that conversation? Drew Brees, Sean Payton, and the Saints. I'm not putting on the player. I'm putting it on the coach. They had to come up with offensive schemes and all of that stuff. Obviously, those great schemes and things, not as great. How many Super Bowls Andy Reid been to? Let me see. One, two. Coached in one. A few more times than what, uh, what his peer has. So I cannot tell you that I'm of the mind that somehow Sean Payton is going to come in and do something that um, he doesn't have the roster, he doesn't have the same teams as some of those other guys. Right now, he does not. There is not a team situation that he's going to go to. There are attractive situations. They really are attractive. The situation with Justin Herbert and things, that is attractive because of what it would mean to have Sean Payton with that. And maybe some of those games don't look the same way that Chargers games did in the past. But I'm telling you this, okay? This is not the same situation as an Andy Reid. This is not the same situation as a Bill Belichick. It's not. Nowhere near the same team's that were being built to even make it in the playoffs. And Bill Belichick has still had, you know, over this, this last team was just a 12 win team in a conference where you have the better teams in all of football. And I will say because of a limitation in offensive creativity, coupled with the lack of a marquee weapon at receiver on offense or a marquee tight end that Bill Belichick has often enjoyed in times past, just as he had said that he had learned from uh, the aforementioned Bill Parcells that there's just an idea of players that you have in your mind and he doesn't have those players uh, those same level of playability. Of course, Rob Gronkowski is, is, is a diamond in the rough, you know, probably a generational talent for sure, or one of the generational talents uh, for sure. I think Travis Kelce has a, uh, Kelsey has an ability to, um, to, to, to be just as great as Gronk. Um, but 
Um, he's had players at these positions. Randy Moss, Wes, Wes Welker, Deion Branch. Uh, at least in you know guys for that team that have played well with big playability, um, so those are that's what he's missing. He doesn't have those weapons there. Um, if he did have those caliber weapons, um, then I, I I would I'm telling you this here now that Bills game and that would have been a statement game for Bill Belichick and a new upcoming Patriots team. Right? That is that is that is what the Patriots need as a team. They need a win in the playoffs with a with a roster very similar to what they have now with maybe just one or two weapons. Bill Belichick needs to make a deep run into the playoffs uh, with the team that has been building in New England, uh, first uh, iteration of Mac Jones, maybe not so good, but this year, 12-win team. Uh, you cannot discount that. Once again, when, you have, when you're playing a division where you've got – the Dolphins, you've got the Bills, okay? In a conference where you have the Ravens, okay? You have the Chiefs. You have, of course, you have the Bengals. You still have the Browns. They're still, man, they got a great defense there in Cleveland. And so you're talking about having, being around some, some, some heavy team. You got to do a lot of heavy lifting. And, oh, by the way, Denver does have a, a serviceable defense. They do. Pittsburgh still had a winning season. So there, it, it, there is some tight competition in the AFC, and somehow Bill Belichick was fielding three different quarterbacks in a year. I know the situation, similar situation in San Francisco. Them teams are not built the same, boss. <laughs> I cannot make an allegory. I cannot make any correlation between the team built that Kyle Shanahan has employed for him in San Francisco compared to what the, what the Patriots have. Great defense the Patriots have, but the team is not, is not that, man. So, yes, with a quarterback that is as talented as Brock Purdy, which I will say, honestly, Brock Purdy and Mac Jones probably about the same skill level, man. There, there's something different that happens when you're able to make throws of confidence as opposed to knowing that you have to measure yourself because you can't really make a mistake you don't have a space to. The Patriots need to do the responsible thing and actually build a team. Bill Belichick is fine as a coach. He is fine as a coach. Matt Jones is a good quarterback for that team to be competitive. They do need to give him a couple marquee weapons and see what his true upper ceiling is and see where that team is with Mac Jones and see where you are and being able to, to, to try to get a guy. Now, if I were the Patriots and I did have a Mac Jones, I would maybe take a look, especially if we're going to say, hey, I need something that's going to pop in the next within the next two, two to four years. I need something somewhere that I'm going to be to make a flash in the dark or something and make something happen. I know that a lot of folks said Derek Carr to the Jets, but I would say if I were an enterprising owner, an enterprising front office, I was looking at our situation saying, hey, we are really a guy or two away, man. 
we really are a, a, a pick or two away from being able to not just be competitive with some of the top teams, but to be a force at the top, to be in the top two or three teams in our conference, which puts us, if you're one of the top one or two teams in AFC, you are one of the top teams in all of football. You are, I can tell you right now, that in the situation coach to coach, team to team, before the success that Dallas just had against uh, Tampa Bay, I'm telling you this, game day to game day, I would take a Bill Belichick coach team against a Mike McCarthy coach team in a Super Bowl any day, especially if you're telling me in the other hypotheticals, I know we talked about a couple of them and we're getting ready to end the show here, but that, those, those are the situations for Sean Payton to get into. Some situation where he's coaching in Dallas or where he's at a situation where he's not coaching to coach a team up against someone that he can't outcoach. So that's not going to be a situation. Where does he go to the Bears? So that's why we're saying Sean Payton's return to coaching may be dictated on the Cowboys' success in the playoffs. Maybe he takes a job. Uh, does Sean Payton see Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota team as a team he can win a Super Bowl with or, or coach the Super Bowl? That is in a weakened division. One of the better teams in, in, in one of the better teams in a weakened division. Not that the Lions aren't playing, weren't playing fantastic. One of the top offenses. What we're saying is, is that if the NFC uh, is it doesn't have the same sort of level, sort of spread around division to division as the AFC does, then a division like the NFC North is attractive for me if I'm Sean Payton and I'm just trying to get back in. Uh, trying to do my best John Gruden impersonation to go from uh, being an analyst commentator back into back into coaching. That situation looks attractive for me. If the Vikings are looking to say, hey, we don't feel that we have the offensive creativity to where we get uh, 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 Jefferson uh, uh, all, all you know more touches that we can really get him uh, freed up from some from, from some good defenses. Then maybe you take a look at that job if you are Sean Payton uh, and wanting to get your hands on an offense that is comparable to what you he had um, uh, uh, with um, with with uh, New Orleans uh, with the Saints there. So uh, that would also be if 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 I have a, a silver lining. Here and just a situation that would be good for Sean Payton to go to where he gets his hands on a top performing offense. Uh, I don't think that the Lions are, are, are in need of Sean Payton. I think if there were a team that was a high octane offense that needed some sort of creativity. That wasn't a situation that sounds like I need to that I'm talking about Green Bay. <laughs> Because I'm not. I think Green Bay is fine uh, as far as the team, not outside of the front office, the team, the coach, and the players um, that are on that team currently right now. I think that that team is okay. For a team 
that is in a conference that doesn't have a team that is really competing at the top of, uh, sorry, in, in division, uh, a, a team in a division that really doesn't have anybody that pops out to you to say, this is a NFC conference runner is what we'd like to say. There isn't a, I, I cannot name a team in the NFC North outside of the Vikings that has an offense that's not named the Lions that does, that does not need Sean Payton. A team like Minnesota would be a match for Sean Payton, especially if he's not going to take one of the AFC West jobs. I'm telling you, it'll be this. It, look, it's a lot to ask somebody to come back into something where they weren't already proving that they're going to be able to coach a team in this time, in this NFL, with the Jalen Hurts of the worlds. Uh, hell, even against the Nick Foles of the worlds, right? Like, I can't tell you that 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 this guy is is that. I can't, man. I cannot tell you that. What I will say that there are situations that it makes sense for Sean Payton to go into. So I'm saying Vikings or Cowboys for the NFC. And as far as the AFC, um, it's not going to make sense for Sean Payton to coach an AFC. Not to coach a team in a win. It makes sense for him to coach in an AFC that for a team that needs to have his um, personality uh, be the biggest driving force and his identity as an offensive coach um, that can translate well for a team. So that's why we happen to mention that the best matchup, quarterback to coach, where it will make sense for a team to make a decision to try to say that, hey, we're doing all we can to be competitive against the top teams in our division. We're not talking about AFC. You, you bring Sean Payton to coach in Denver. You give Sean Payton a cushion with the defense. Um, he has Jerry Judy. You don't have any draft picks there. So that's why I say that's the best for a team uh, if Sean Payton says, hey, I want to take a couple-year deal, maybe see if this is for me, he goes to coach Denver. No expectation for him to truly compete against the Chiefs and Chargers. Uh, they just need to be markedly better for the Raiders uh, than the Raiders. Make some sort of threat to where um, they, they are being mentioned in the same breath as a team like, uh, are the Browns going to do something? Uh, uh, are the Patriots really a threat? Now, now Miami, uh, what is Miami going to do? How competitive they're going to be? So that's going to be the conversation Sean Payton goes to Denver. No one's going to look at that situation and say, yeah, that's a team that's going to, no, that's just a team that made a decision to try to make themselves competitive in the division, give themselves some sort of, oh, hey, how do we try to right this ship? How do we make sense of our prior decision-making? We need a Band-Aid. Sean Payton is a perfect Band-Aid for Denver. Uh, but once again, with if we're going to say something that might actually work out to something that's going to be winning, Minnesota or the Dallas job. Uh, this, this ends the show here, Sports Ball Weekly on Will Everson. Uh, please tune in to this, the Union Address, and also comics and anime stuff. Thank y'all and take care.